You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Sacks in the Basement, proudly brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. They have Sacks in the Basement deals. Just tell them you heard about them on Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris. Across from me at my nine-foot homemade oak bar is Dave. David? What's up? How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah, how you doing? I'm good. You're, you're done now, I would imagine, with baseball. Are you just taking the offseason off? Are you going to watch any of the playoff games? Like, where where are you at right now in this? Because I, I, look, at, I look at Astros and A's. And it's hard to root for the A's because they beat us, but I'm totally rooting for them because I hate the Astros. Yeah, because the Astros are cheaters. And they're a bunch of cheaters. Right. Uh, I feel like the Yankees, it's theirs to lose in the American League against Tampa Bay. And then I also feel like when I look over at the National League, I always have adopted the Dodgers. And we've talked about this on this show before. I lived out on the West Coast for a few years. uh, And then also, I like to stay up late and watch baseball. And they're one of the games. You can watch Dodger games in a normal season all year long on MLB Network because they're constantly showing them. They're like the national team because their game starts so late. So, I mean, I have a few things that I'll watch, but I, I'm kind of taking this series off because we lost the one beforehand. I think I'll be back for the championship series. I, I well, okay, so problem number one, most of the games are on when I am at work. You know, I have no horse in this race, unfortunately. You know, obviously the Sox being eliminated, uh, kind of rooting against the Marlins because they screwed up the whole COVID thing. Like, that was annoying. They got the yeah, take off. they like, did. They got they the did. take off a week and so, and they kind of screwed up the schedule for everybody. So I you kind of root for the Braves. I mean, I'm trying to find who I'm I, rooting for. I don't think anybody has beaten the Yankees the way they're playing right now. Maybe, maybe the Dodgers, Dodgers will in a World Series, but ain't nobody in the American League beating the Yankees right now. That's not happening. Major League Baseball is super excited at the prospects of Dodgers and Yankees. Well, why wouldn't they be? And that, that's exactly what they want to have happen. And, and right now, until the Astros get knocked out, them being the evil team that everybody wants to lose is good for television. So MLB's got to be happy with what's going on with it. Sure. Meanwhile, meanwhile, as a White Sox fan, I've immediately turned to next year. Of course. I've already turned the page. Of course. I'm looking at next year. We, over the weekend, James Fox came on, amongst others. We did a whole wrap-up. We looked a little bit towards next year. And if you missed that show, it's available on demand. Go back, listen to that show. Just came out on Saturday. He touched on a few different things that we might touch on here. And then I've been kind of trying to go through everybody's contracts and, you know, arbitration numbers and who's up for what. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Dave. Yes. I look at this team and unlike in past years when you had all these holes. No, you don't have very many holes to fill at all. You don't. You got you, you. You know what you've got, and uh, you touched on it Saturday. I'm just going to piggyback off of it. Um, you need a right fielder, at least in the short term. You need to figure out your designated hitter position. Now, maybe Andrew Vaughn comes up three weeks into the into into the full 160 game season next year. Awesome. You're probably well. You're not probably. You're definitely one starter short of really being I, competitive. I say two. I believe two. Well. At least one starter short. Right. I mean, you I know. think the idea of going in the next year Steph- and depending on anybody other than Giolito Keichel and Dunning to be in your rotation 
is foolhardy when you see what happened just this past year when you started off thinking you had seven starters and you ended up with two and a half. Like th- those are the only three guys I want to see them making plans for <laughs> for next good, year. How 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 good does the Keuchel move look now? Looks brilliant. How good does that Doesn't look? Doesn't look brilliant because now? Without, because without that, you've got one starting, one and a half starting pitchers. Right. All right. So I loved the move at the time. I loved the Gio Gonzalez move at the time. For that reason, it, it gives you pitching depth. So I will concede that, you know, two would be great. I don't think you're going to get two. I think you're, you know, you're going to be, a realistic site would be to get a solid number three, a solid number three starter. And I think that's going to be first on the See, I list. think you're, I think you're shooting too low. So here, let me let me just break this down. Okay. You're set at catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, left field, center field. Grandal, Abreu, Mandrigal, Anderson, Moncada, Jimenez, Robert. You have an opening in right field. You have an opening at DH. Your bench already likely consists of Leary Garcia, who you would tender in arbitration. Zach Collins, because I am assuming, although a lot of White Sox fans want the White Sox to keep James McCann after JT Riamolto, he is the second best no, catcher available they're, no, they're not in Major him. League Baseball, and somebody's going to go and get him and pay him an awful lot of money. And with the needs you have, you don't want to spend it on your other catcher when you need the things that you need. And Adam Angle, right now I have on the bench, but I want to get into him because he's a very interesting case here for the offseason and what the White Sox do, because how they view Adam Angle may determine what they do. Starting pitching-wise, I believe Giolito's your one, Keuchel's your three, and Dunning's your five. I want a two and a four. Interesting. And and I'm going to get into that. And then Evan Marshall is going to be a free agent. He's the one guy that I think you go out and you make sure that you re-sign. After that, the questions that I have for this team are, are you going to go out and sign Alex Colome, who made over $10 million last year? Mm. And that is a big price tag. Now, here's the thing I want to float first. If you agree the Sox need two pitchers, need to figure out DH, and need to figure out right field. We have to then look at what do they have, and we have to start looking at what is Jerry Reinsdorf going to be like in this offseason. Like, the first thing you have to approach is, does Jerry believe the glass is half full or the glass is half empty? Take politics out of it completely. I'm moving around a lot more, and I'm outside a lot more, and I'm able to go to the store and do things. Life is different now than it was three months from now. Does he believe that six months from now, he's going to be able to put people in the stands? Does he believe that he's able to sell tickets and he'll have a full 162-game season? If he believes that, then he may be willing to spend more than what he spent on salary this year. If he doesn't believe that, is it possible that Han is basically dealing with, you can't have any more than what you had this year, so find some money. And that money can be found. Well, yeah, the money you got twelve million dollars coming off the books from Edwin Encarnacion. That's the first thing you got twelve million dollars because you're not going to be picking him up. You don't even have to buy him out, so he's off the books. James McCann made five and a half million. He's going to be worth more on the free agent market. You're not signing him. Take five and a half million off. You're up to seventeen. So you're up and to half seventeen and a half million right. that you could spend on those those positions. Okay, hold on a second. Alex Colome, if they decided Aaron Bummer could be the closer, because mm-hmm. I thought Jace Fry looked pretty good, and you may decide if Garrett Crochet is okay, or you could find another lefty, that you're fine with your closer being a left-handed Bummer. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I wouldn't. Would you be opposed to it? I don't like spending 
tons and tons of money on relief pitching. I don't like spending tons and tons of money on one relief. I, let me let me back that up. I don't like spending tons and tons of money and years on a relief pitcher. Um, I have said it numerous times. Relief pitchers have very short shelf lives. I think any team that goes out and spends tons of money on them or tons of years on them is just shooting themselves in the foot. So if you're going to tell me that you're not going to be able to get Colome for less than heck, even what you got him for this year, 10.5 million. I mean, that's steep. That's steep. I don't know. 10.5 million. You know, I would be, I would be inclined to say, let's fill that position from with for the sake of argument, justifying money. If we think Jerry Reinsdorf might be a glass half empty or frugal, but he goes, you can keep the same payroll you had last year. Let's free up ten and a half million and get you to $28 million freed up by not signing Colome. Let's not tender Nomar Mazara. Let's, let's have another five and a half million dollars fall into your pocket. Okay. You're up to 33 and a half right now. All right. You're not going to tender Carlos Rodon. I don't see the reason. It's four and no, a half million, can't. and every arbitration can't. numbers never go down. No, he's making dead. five million minimum in arbitration next year. Are you going to give him five million dollars to do what? I don't see what you. I don't. Why see would how you give you, him five million dollars for at this point? I, I don't see how you can. All right, I'm up to thirty-eight million dollars in payroll that I just found. Okay, Gio Gonzalez, four and a half million off the books. See what I'm doing here? Right. I got forty-three million dollars to spend, just non-tendering people and letting free agents walk walk out the door. Even Gerard Dyson is worth $2 million, but you're not going to be keeping him next year. So let's just say, let's just say I can find $45 million in payroll. I'm about $45 million. Let's say I got $45 million in payroll. Yeah. All right. So look at what I have that's available to me. Now let's ask the next question. Do you already have right field solved? I want to make a point real quick about right field. MLB put out their list. You, you, might, you might have it solved already. Think about this, Dave. MLB put out their list of the best free agents that were available, expected in 2021, in this offseason. The names of the outfielders that are out there, I just want to give you these names, if you don't mind, okay? You have Marcelo Zuna on this list. Marcelo Zuna is better against lefties and righties. Do we need any more guys like that? <laughs> no. Okay. No, 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 no. You got George Springer on this list. He's going to be overpriced. Dealing with uh, recent injury history and didn't look very good once he wasn't uh, listening to garbage cans. You want to risk money on him? You want to overspend on George Springer? Now, Jacques Peterson's been a guy they've been targeting forever, right? Jacques Peterson is supposedly, he just kills right-handed pitching. In fact, he's got a career 352 on base percentage and a 504 slugging percentage against righties. So let's say Jacques Peterson. They go, you know what? We need to go get a guy that hits righties because we have so many guys that kill lefties, we got to find a guy that kills righties. Mm-hmm. Jack Peterson is a left-handed batter, plays the outfield, and is 28 years old as of today. This season, didn't do very well against righties, actually. Had an OPS plus under 100. His lefties was at 105. Now, it's weird. It's a small, it's a small split. Let's look at Jack Peterson's career. Jack Peterson, against left-handed pitching, has an OPS plus of 45. That's like Nomar Mazzara <laughs> against left-handed pitching. Right. We all know what that is. Yes. So that's exactly what Jack Peterson is. Jack Peterson is Nomar Mazzara against left-handed pitching. His OPS plus versus righties, which he supposedly kills, is 110. That's for his career. Let me tell you what Adam Engel did since he went down to the minors last year, changed his approach with Frank Mankino, 
came up and played this year. Oh, he's versus left-handed pitching. I know where this is going. Versus left-handed go pitching, he has an OPS plus of 109. And versus right-handed pitching, he has an OPS plus of 122. He's one of the best on the team. It was ironic because And he's a defensive stud. Yeah. It was ironic because we had him. The whole idea initially was only put Engel in against lefties, but he's actually he was actually better all year against righties than he was against lefties. He was consistent against everybody, and he plays a really good defense for you. And if you are going to get into this, we can't raise the payroll thing. I'm just, I don't know if Jerry Reinsdorf's going to do that. I don't know what's going on. I don't think anybody knows yet. But if you're just working with clearing some money off the books and using it somewhere else, could your solution actually be better than any free agent that's out there? I think it is. I think if you're telling me that you have an outfield of, if you have an outfield like this, where you go Robert in center every day, Adam Engel in right every day, and Jimenez in left every day, except for days when you maybe want to either put him at DH or when you want the defense of Leary Garcia out there in left. Um, I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. I think, I think the money with, with Adam Engel doing what he did this year, the money is better spent elsewhere on the team, like, for example, in starting pitching, than it is uh, throwing money at the right field position when you have Adam Engel out there doing what he's doing. All right, so then in, in, at DH, what if you are, what if the plan is what we've always heard is going to be, is Andrew Vaughn? And even if they play service time games and they don't bring him up until a couple weeks into the season, it's, it's Andrew Vaughn. Three weeks. Okay, fine. So after all of that, what are your biggest glaring needs? Your, your pitching staff. Well, right. Exactly. So, and if you have $40-some million, why can't you go and knock on Trevor Bauer's door, a man who has done nothing but say all the right things in Jerry Reinsdorf's head? A guy who wants one- or two-year deals, incentive-ladens with options that trigger if he's good enough. That's right. Up it's right pay-to-play. It's, pay it's everything Jerry wanted. He's never been shy about spending money. He hates years. And you have a pitcher out there who hates years and wants money. And you have nothing but money. Imagine if you just focused on this guy with all the money you have. The estimates I'm seeing is two years, 55 with a one-year option. And there would be incentives that kick in and everything else like that. The White Sox could do that easily. That still leaves you 20-some-odd million dollars a year on your payroll. The White Sox could do that Easily. Yeah. The White Sox could then turn around and take some of the money that's left over from the guys that you're able to get off of your team and chase down a pitcher like a Marcus Stroman. People are saying, well, Marcus Stroman will probably be their number one pick. No, no, no. Make it, get him and Bauer. Or instead of him and Bauer, let's just be a little bit more realistic. Let me talk about a guy by the name of Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker is a guy who's got a whip over the last couple of years that has ranged at 1.20 or lower as a starting pitcher. He's a guy who got traded to the to the Blue Jays just for the playoff race. He was a rental for them and now hits the free agent market. He's only 28 years old. Right. There's right a guy age. you can go out and, and he's not rated very high amongst other starting pitchers that are out there. A guy, if you go get a Bauer, now you're just searching for a guy that sits four in your in your rotation. What was the biggest problem this team had this year? Was it was it having an offense or was it being able to run out starting pitchers? Oh, who's being able to run out starting pitchers? Is your bullpen better if they don't have to pitch everything from the Absolutely. fifth inning on every day? Absolutely. It's not even the fifth inning. Sometimes it was the it was the 
fourth, third, or second. Is your manager better? On a typical, Rina- on a typical Ronaldo Lopez day? Come on, he, your bullpen is getting in there in the third inning. Is your manager, who we had, a, I believe, at the end of the season, a negative two managing wins above replacement. Oh, boy. All right? Is your manager a better manager if you take some of the decision-making out of his hands because you can plug a starter in and let the guy go out and do his job for a majority of the game? Yes, he is. Yeah, Come yeah, on, he, he is. is. Yeah, he is. He's a better. You improve your entire team with better pitching. Look, the White Sox have to take a long look in the mirror, and they have to look at their, themselves and say, look, we did everything we could to have great starting pitching in this rebuild. We acquired guys like Lopez. We we drafted guys like Fulmer, who was a high draft pick, and we drafted Rodon, and we acquired Giolito. And we went out and we, we've got Dunning and we went and got Kopech and we, they went out and tried to find as much pitching as they could. And but they went all, out and spent on the free agent market, right. which is something they don't normally do. And it all comes back to something you and I talked about years ago when the rebuild was in full swing. You're lucky if only, let's say, what, what, what was the number it that you had? It was one third. One third of your prospects work out. one third of your prospects work out, yeah. Okay. Well, more, more of the prospect that worked out were on the player side than the pitching side. Yeah. You, you do have a stud ace pitcher in Lucas Giolito. You did a very good job locking up Dallas Keuchel, and you've got him for several more years. It's now time for this team to admit the warts that it has and be proud of the base and the core that it built and start jettisoning the crap off of it. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. I don't want to see Ray Lopez anymore. Carlos Rodan, oh, no, non-tenderum. You, you want, you the Mazara thing was what? Steel Walker? If you told me we lost Steel Walker, we came away for a bag of balls. I don't think you're ever going to see Steel Walker in the majors, folks. I don't know if that was that big of a loss. So you have to admit fault. You have to be able to say to yourself, yeah, Edwin Encarnacion seemed like a nice little add-on piece for the season. Guess what? He didn't have it. His career is really over. Let him go. These are the things you do. You take the money, you go out, and you fix the holes, and you take care of the warts on your team, and they are fixable without even an increase in money. And they should increase the money. They should actually raise their payroll at this point. But even if they don't, it's fixable. First of all, raising the payroll obviously depends on, like you said at the beginning of the show, it depends on what you think is going to happen with the beer bug, okay? You know that they're going to do everything they can. You know they're going to push for a full 162-game season, at least with parks at 25% capacity, 50% capacity, whatever, okay? So there's going to be more money 
for Reinsdorf next year than this year. Other thing to consider is, are free agent prices going to be as high this year, like this year coming up as they were? No, absolutely. Chris, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Everybody that I've heard has, whenever talking about players now and their value, has always said, okay, what's the value of this player? And the response is always, well, are you talking about pre-beer bug or post-beer bug? Because those are two very different numbers. I love how you refer to the coronavirus as the beer bug. Well, I, isn't there a thing like you can't say coronavirus on certain like platforms? Just makes people angry. Or like because you're... <laughs> No, YouTube has. I thought YouTube had a thing where you can't say I, it because if you if your channel gets paid advertisements because they feel like you're influencing political decisions. <laughs> so I'm trying to Chris. I'm trying to help you I, out. I, I'm trying not to get you shut down, or I'm trying uh, not to get you a big don't worry, bill nobody, sent in the down. mail. Nobody okay. shutting me down. Okay. All right. so, but, so, but the point is, is is you know, are free agents going to be high, you know, are free agents going to be the same price as they were before this whole thing happened? I don't think so. Well, I think what's going to happen. And, and this is really interesting. Uh, just to give you a quick background, if you've never heard it before, the Socks in the Basement is part of the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It, it has a bunch of other podcasts on it, and I'm involved in several of them. I do a local one at Evergreen Park called the EP Podcast. covers what's going on in Evergreen Park and, and the surrounding area on the south side of Chicago. And I help out a guy who's a writer out in Pittsburgh who wanted to start a show called Bucks in the Basement about the Pittsburgh Pirates. I love it. I don't know very much about the Pirates, but it, it does give me an opportunity to look at baseball from a national perspective and not as a home, as a homer. We're homers. Oh, we yeah. White Sox fans our entire lives. I'm not a homer with that one. And when I was on that show last, one of the things that I brought up was this is the perfect time to rebuild a team. Like if you're a team that doesn't think your, your franchise can do it in the next year or so, or that maybe your window is closing, now is the time to get rid of payroll. Your owner wants to get rid of payroll. Yeah. He lost a buttload of money. Yes, he did. Right? Now is the time to get rid of payroll. I almost feel like we're going to see a bigger schism than we've we've seen before of the haves and the have-nots. The teams that want to win because this is what they plan for right now, and the teams that are like, eh, we don't even know if we're going to have fans. Glass is half empty attitude, right? Right. And they go, now's the time to Jettison a few guys, non-tender everybody. A perfect example is that team, the Pirates. Yeah. They have one guy under contract next year. <laughs> oh, my God. They have they have Gregory Polanco under contract for, I think, about $11 million. That is amazing, right Chris. Everybody else is under their original minor league deal or up for arbitration or can be just jettisoned through free agency or bought out for $250,000 or less. It's like a fantasy rebuild wow. for Ben Charrington, the general manager out there. Oh my God. Trust me, there are other general managers and owners that are going to do the same thing. I think you're going to see some weird stuff here this offseason. That's why a guy like Trevor Bauer makes so much sense. Because a guy like Trevor Bauer makes perfect sense for the Chicago White Sox, who can clear enough space off of their books right now to go get Trevor Bauer, and they don't have to lock in for long-term. And guess what? Trevor Bauer, who never wanted to have a long-term contract, because he's one of these guys that's like, like, I mean, he understands the economics of baseball. He's one of these guys that's going to be like, I'm taking a one- or two-year deal because I know I'm not going to get what I'm worth in this market. Right. The stock should be right in the middle of that conversation. I, I understand why those that cover the team keep floating Stroman. And Stroman's not a bad pitcher. He's a ground ball pitcher. 
He's kind of in the in the vein of Keuchel. He's always been a guy with a whip that's over 1.30, which I don't like. No. But he had a very good 2019. He sat out this season. He took the opt-out, and he's a free agent. And he he he, he had one can, really he, good year keeping guys off base. But you, you can, might find a guy who puts two, three guys on and relies on the ground ball, and you might have two guys like that. But that's the thing. If that's your two and your three, him and Keuchel— I don't know if that's very strong for the postseason for your team. No, you got to see so. what kind of pitchers you need and watch the playoffs okay. and ask yourself, do we have enough guys like this while you're watching teams go on to the next round? So this particular general manager in Rick Hahn has proven that, you know, he does not have the hubris of the gentleman who previously occupied his office and is willing to make mistakes. You you saw it last year with with the Yonder Alonso debacle. Okay, they had absolutely no problem sending him on his merry way as soon as they could because they they knew it was a mistake. Okay, they brought him in to try to bring in one Manny Machado. It didn't work. So you know Yonder Alonso, if you're not going to hit above 200, your services here are no longer required. Okay, so. I think you have a general manager now that is willing to admit the mistakes. The other thing that is nice to see is that you have an owner that is willing to throw some money at starting pitching, which he has never been, which has never been willing to do before. The Dallas Keuchel maneuver or the Dallas Keuchel uh, uh, signing. Uh, signing. Thank you. I liked the maneuver. The, you could have kept that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like from the hunt for Red October. You're doing the Keiko maneuver. The Keiko maneuver. It's a su- <laughs> yes, I'm a submarine commander now, as we will call it. It's something you would have never seen out of the White Sox. That was so un-White Sox of them to do. And and so I think that you can see it again. I think that they realize they didn't have enough starting pitching and that they're going to aim high. They're going to aim for the best guy because why not? If you want to go after one of the top guys in free agency, are you going after JT Riomoto? Are you going after George Springer? Are you going after Marcus Simeon? No. Are you going no, after Marcelo no, no. Zuna? Or are you going after Trevor Bauer? No, you're going after Trevor Bauer. That's the guy you go after. And you know what? There's plenty of consolation prizes. Stroman's a consolation prize. But then as you go down the list of guys that are free agent starters, Masahiro Tanaka, that's a solid pitcher. He's going to be out there. Taiwan Walker, who I just talked about, solid pitcher. Mike Miner. He actually had been doing pretty good in his shortened season, didn't do very well. He's getting older. He might have a bounce back year. Robbie Ray, oh, I don't want him at no. all. Here's the thing, Okay, Chris. Jake Odorizzi. Remember when, like, Odor- a year or so ago, we're like, yeah, I want Odorizzi. He's available. Jose Quintana. Some White Sox fans just never want to see him again, but he could be. Some want him back. Would he be bad as a four or five no, guy? No, not at all. Some I want him back. Wouldn't have you a know, horrible time uh, welcoming him back. James Paxson is going to be out there. Here's the thing, Chris. Here's the thing. Understand that, yes, the in a perfect world, in the ideal situation, you always want to build not just your starting pitching, but your team as much as possible from within, because that means you get to keep these players under control for less amounts of money for longer. I get that. And we have acknowledged that this team has done a very good job of building a starting rotation, what they have now from within. But remember, as I've said before, it's that one out of three number, Chris. You got to plan for the fact that only one out of three of your prospects or draft picks is going to work out. So can you count on Dunning, Cease, both to take a step forward next year? 
Can you also count on a Michael Kopech to come here and be relevant next year? So there you go. There's three guys. Dunning sees Kopech. I'm saying one out of three of those is going to work out for you next year, and the other two you're not going to see. So we've already talked about non-tendering Carlos Rodon. So you're going to need to offset that by going out and getting bolstering the rotation from outside the organization at least one more time. You've already done it with Keuchel. That's awesome. You got to do it one more time if this team wants to win a World Series. Dave, there is nothing small about the heart of your business, and it's why employees are not just employees to you. They're family. New York Life can help you protect them like family. For 175 years, that's been the legacy of New York Life Insurance Company. Simply call David Miller, huge White Sox fan, big fan of Sox in the Basement, and he is your local New York Life agent. He can be reached right now, 773-957-3630 or at NewYorkLife.com. He is going to help you put your love into action for your business, your employees, and can even do it for your family too. One more thing before we get out of here. And this was floated by James Fox on our show uh, this past Saturday. Go back and check it out on demand. Anywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. The White Sox still have a problem where they are very heavy on guys that can hit left-handed pitching as opposed to right-handed pitching. And one of the ideas that was floated is that at some point, you may need to get rid of one of these guys that's in this lineup. You may need to go find a guy that you can get production in your order against right-handed pitching. And his his point was you're not you're not moving on from guys like Robert and Mancata. You're not moving on from guys like Grandal and Abreu yet. You're not moving on from Timmy Anderson, of course. The guy that sits in the lineup right now that I didn't mention is Nick Mandrigal. Okay. Would you, if the White Sox were able to deal a Nick Mandrigal to a team that saw the potential that he has and get yourself a left-handed second baseman, either through a separate deal, through some sort of maneuvering that you do, you trade Mandrigal, maybe pick up a pitcher, pick up another need position, find some way to move him off your team and get a, and get value for yourself now and maybe even later. Would you move him if it meant that standing at second base, you might see a slight decline there in the defense, but you have a guy who can hit righties consistently in your order? I don't know. I don't like the move because I like Madrigal's defense, number one. Number two, I love his speed and on-base percentage at the bottom of the order like I do. I think if you're really looking to address that situation about this team not being able to hit righties, part of that, Chris, is the fact that I think we saw, I think part of that anomaly is the fact that we saw such a you know, Mancata had such a bad year because of the illness. I don't think you're as bad against righties with a healthy Yoan Mancata. Um, if your answer is Andrew Vaughn at DH, I don't know. I haven't seen his stats. I don't in his splits. I don't know how he is against lefties versus righties. So that'd be that's kind of the first question that I would ask: Is does an Andrew Vaughn provide you with that pop against left-handed against right-handed pitching? Because guess what? You're not going to need that at the bottom of the order. You don't need that out of the seven, eight, nine. You need people who can hit right-handed pitching smack dab in the middle of your order. So that's the first question I have is, can Andrew Vaughn help fill that for you? 
The other thing is this. I, I just brought up like a comparison here with Madrigal, and it's a short sample size or small sample size because of just this year. But I compared him to a guy who's a left-handed hitting second baseman or can play second base. I think I don't think he's playing second anymore in because the, the Dodgers move everybody around. But for a while, Max Muncy was playing second base. Oh, okay. All right. Muncy's career OPS against righties is actually lower than Madrigal's, even though he's a left-handed bat. And Mandrigal's OPS plus against right-handed pitching was 121 this year. In fact, he he mashed nice. against right he mashed against right-handed pitching compared to lefties. He hit 227 against lefties and 375 against righties. Yeah, see, I just I don't uh, so I don't, so the idea that you would move Mandrigal on because you need to find somebody that hits better against righties when he already hits well against righties. I mean, I didn't see. It's those. an interesting idea, but I don't know. I don't know if you're. Are you cutting off your nose to spite your face? You are. are you, are you Chris, making a move just to make a move? Is this is this yeah. trading Aaron Rowan off the 05 team? Okay. And then you and, and then Brian Anderson doesn't work out. Right. Nope. I didn't like the move before you rattled those stats off to me. I like them. I like the idea less now. So you want to keep him. I want to keep him. I want to keep him. I, I definitely want to keep him. Um, I think you gotta find and that kind of you don't need a second baseman who can hit right-handed pitching. I mean, you need power hitting guys that can hit right-handed pitching. That's that's really what you need. Chris, I, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me. You're gonna laugh me out of the building right now. But Chris, all we need is a left-handed power hitter. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.